You're listening to episode number 28 of the Boys Built Better podcast. Today, we're talking about making the transition to middle school. Welcome to the Boys Built Better podcast. I'm Jessica, a mom of three boys who is just trying to do things better. I'm coming to you from Fort Collins, Colorado, where I live with my husband, our boys, and a whole lot of four-legged friends. I'm here to share my thoughts on raising boys in today's world, find answers to your parenting questions, and chat with experts about building happy, healthy boys. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. We are doing another summer uh, throwback to an episode that I actually put out last year. Um, It's transitioning to middle school. I was picking a few episodes this summer that I wanted to replay um, as I am home working on my own boys and spending time with them. I haven't had any time to do some new interviews. I've got new interviews coming to you in August. So this is one from last year and it's about transitioning to middle school. And I just wanted to kind of give a few updates because I was re-listening to this episode um, in preparation for this. And it's just so funny to me how accurate um, some of the things that our guest Aaron Dervonis talks about. Um, And based on my own experiences for my son having just completed middle school. So last year I was in the position of having a fifth grader entering middle school for the first time. And I talked to our guest about kind of giving me the lowdown on middle school and what to expect. And now that I'm listening back to it, I'm thinking she hit so many points on the head. So a couple of things that were true for us, if you've got a son transitioning to middle school, some things to kind of be on the lookout for. Aaron talks about, um, having less contact with the teachers. And that was for sure something that happened. Um, Another episode to come will probably be on ADHD. My sixth grader was actually diagnosed with that over the past year. And I did start getting conversations or messages from the teachers about his struggle to get work done in class. But it was it was after a really long period of time of not hearing anything. So for me, my experience in sixth grade with my son was that we started hearing from teachers when something had already become a problem. And it just kind of did feel different from elementary school where you were kind of in communication with your teachers all of the time. Um, With that being said, um, another thing Aaron talks about, and I think that is fair and to, and should be mentioned is that it does start to become your child's own responsibility to advocate for themselves in middle school. And so just kind of think about what that looks like going in and having those conversations initially, um, with your son, um, about his conversation with his teachers and how he's doing, you'll probably hear more, um, about how your son is doing in class from him versus from the teachers. And that was at least my experience. The other thing that my friend talks about is, um, her son's first experience with girls. And that was definitely something that happened for my son as well. Um, there in middle school, generally you've got several different elementary schools coming together as one. And so there's kind of more people. Um, and, uh, what Aaron talks about in the episode is this idea of relationships being girl driven. And that was also our experience. And I think it definitely threw my son for a loop, how much he would be asked about who he liked. And he went ahead and did wind up with a girlfriend for the first time this year, this past year, and then also wound up being broken up with for the first time this year. And that 
all wound up being a whole lot of drama. So if you have a son going into middle school, I would start to think about what you want that to look like for your family and what is going to be allowed and not allowed or just be prepared to have those conversations because we certainly had loads and loads and loads of them. Um, and also was sort of attached to social media. Um, I've talked about social media on and off. I should probably do a whole episode about it. I have, was no way in, in no way, shape or form interested in letting my son on social media. I just didn't think there was any point. And apparently I didn't communicate that to my husband because my husband gave him permission uh, to join Instagram or whatever he joined. And so then we were starting to deal with that as well. And even that played a hand in the relationships a little bit. There was some social media bullying that wound up happening or, the, or, or some stuff that maybe it's not fair to call it bullying because it didn't go on for an extended period of time, but there was definitely some sort of hurt feelings that were de de we were dealing with with social media. Um, so I would also start to think about what you want to, when you want to start that, what that's going to look like. Um, cause those are sort of the things that I would like to add to the conversation that I had about transitioning to middle school. Um, with, so with that, let's cut on over to my interview. Hi, Erin. How are you? Good, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been really interested in coming on your podcast. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. But before I ask um, you a little bit more about yourself, I'm going to do an icebreaker. Right. I want to know what is something that you're really into right now. I know you're surviving the summer with your kids home too. Right. So it can be something kid related. It could be anything. Typically things that I'm into are not kid related. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone that knows me at the moment, knows that I'm very into tennis. Yes. I've been playing a lot of tennis. And as a result, my husband's now playing tennis. The kids are playing tennis. So it's pretty... So I guess in a way it is kid-related because we're all doing it. But but it's a nice way for me to get away from all of them or come together with all of them. Right. That's kind of cool because now it can be either or. tennis is really starting to interfere with mine, which I really don't appreciate. Oh, like he <laughs> needs to play tennis when you need to play tennis and somebody still needs to well, watch your children. we're both on a team. So there's practices and uh, matches. And so every freaking night someone, well, I have tennis tonight. No, I have tennis. Well, I'm going to play in the morning. No, I'm going to play in the morning. But luckily the kids at this point, we can just leave them and we don't really have to coordinate so much. Which is completely one of the things we're going to talk about today, which is that at a certain age, you can start leaving your kids. Right. So those of you who are listening with, with younger kids, right. that will happen at some point where you can leave your children alone and go do something. And then it's great because the older one can even watch the younger one. So you can leave the younger one at a much earlier age than... And we're not there yet. <clears throat> I'm waiting for that day when my oldest so can watch my they, youngest. So long as they get along. Okay. Which is the other question. Right. All right. So um, you are a very good friend of mine. Yes. But for people who don't know you, mm -hmm. will you tell me a little bit more about yourself? My name is Erin. I have two boys. Um, one is 12, turning 13. The other is nine, turning 10. Um, I went to CSU and then moved away and lived in Vail, Colorado for quite some time. And then my husband and I made our way back to Fort Collins due to the recession and job availability. Um, so we've been here about nine years now and we love it. And 
I don't work. So I get to spend a lot of time navigating motherhood. And that's why it's nice to have friends like you. Yeah, that's how we met. We met at the park. Her kids were in taekwondo uniforms and I had a child that wanted to start taekwondo. So I asked you about it. I'm number one. You were, you were the first person that I met when we moved here. (laughs) First friend. And we have our two, my two oldest, you only have two, right? but our two, the two, her two kids and my two oldest kids are about the same age. Well, I didn't really think you were going to be having a third. No, nobody thought, well, we, yeah, that, that happened. That happened. (laughs) So the reason why I have you on today is, well, I interviewed my friend, Sydney, whose son just finished elementary school mm-hmm. and I have a son and I'm interested in that transition to elementary school. Cause my youngest is about to go to elementary school and you have a son that just finished sixth grade, his first year of middle school. And mm-hmm. my oldest is about to go to middle school. So right. the transition from elementary school to middle school has been on my mind. So mm-hmm. I want you to kind of help any one of us who has a fifth grader mm-hmm. going into middle school or making a school transition to kind of just chat about what middle school is like, the differences between elementary school. There's been a couple of times we've talked this year where you said, oh yeah, you know, we can't, I don't really talk to the teachers anymore. And I just right. think that Um, it's interesting to hear about your perspective having just finished your first year. Okay. So tell me about your oldest son's first year, just like in general, what sixth grade was like for him, that transition. In general, surprisingly, it's been a great year. I really, I really didn't know what to expect. And I think if you, if you're thinking about back to your own middle school experience or if you're watching like shows about, you know, diary of a wimpy kid and they're in middle school, like it's really just not like that. It's not anything like I remember. I think that there's so middle school is so much more evolved now that they really are sort of wrapping their arms around the kids more so and helping them navigate and creating like an environment that's really positive for kids. Now, on the other hand, maybe I really don't have a clue (laughs) what's happening at school. I'm very naive. Um, But so far, it's really been positive. I've really been (coughs) excited to see how much more responsibility Max has and has taken on with us having to be involved very little. So with that, what kind of what kind of things were the same? Like you kind of felt like, oh, this is really similar to elementary school. Hmm. I don't know. Like it's really pretty different because I've been lucky enough to been to be able to be in the school. So I knew all the kids in elementary school. I knew all the parents. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um So like literally sending him into middle school, they walk in, you don't go inside. You don't meet or I didn't meet the teachers. Well, I guess you do at the very beginning. And after that, I didn't see them again, really. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned volunteering in elementary school, but not so much in middle school. Right. Is there still a need for volunteers in middle school or is that done? There is a need. However, it's usually tied to an event, but for a classroom type of volunteering, no. 
Now, I pretty much think they don't want to see you. They don't want to. They don't want to be bothered. Which I think is a huge. I mean, that's like one of the kind of big things to even chat about with this transition is this. I mean, it sounds so different from the communication, the type of communication you had with your elementary school teacher into middle school. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting because what I have found is that there have been some younger teachers who are really like technologically advanced. So they're emailing you and they have like Google Classroom and they have like all this sort of online stuff that Mm -hmm. I can't really teach. Like, I don't really know what they're doing. Like, I'd rather just have a phone call. I'd rather have an email. I can't keep track of all that. I just can't. Like, I, I don't have a desire to. I feel like it's like so much. But for them, these younger teachers, I feel like that's that's how they operate now. So, and is your son on board with that too? Does he totally right. like get he all totally of that? He knows what's happening. So, I've really had to rely on. Okay, Max, like you, you're saying that everything is going great. You're saying that you're on top of it. Until I hear otherwise, I guess we just believe you because. I don't really have a way of knowing, even with their grades. Like you have to go online, check their grades. We we have that in elementary <clears throat> school, and I don't ever check it because no. I feel like at least maybe it'll be different in elementary school. Somebody's going to message right. me and let me know if I need to see something. Right. Right. So there was a time when... When we did have to go and meet with the teacher, which was he was totally open to the teacher was. So that wasn't a problem. But yeah, I don't know. I don't I really just haven't I I haven't known what is going on. (laughs) But I think that's good to know. I could be a different kind of parent that really tries to involve myself more. But I've really just sort of I've really let go. And isn't this the time though? Doesn't, isn't that what your kid wants as well? That a little bit more independence. I feel like that is part of this transition. I think so. I think it depends. It really depends on the kid. Like my, my next kid that goes to middle school, I mean, it could be a very different experience. Right. And that, I think personality has a lot Mm -hmm. to do with it too. And your, your oldest is pretty easygoing and is super friendly and social. And so just even that transition right. isn't going to be really fearful for him no. at all. And I'm sitting over here worried about my child transition because mm-hmm. he's actually going to a whole new school. Mm-hmm. He's transferring. He'll be brand new. He won't really know. He'll know mm-hmm. some of the neighborhood kids, but he won't know a lot of people. <clears throat> and I'm certainly more worried about it than he is. Mm-hmm. He's he's not really worried about it at all. Well, I think that's where we have to be sort of a tough exterior and letting them know that we trust their process, you know? Yes. That I trust you to... I mean, even this year... Max was setting his own alarm, getting himself up, getting himself ready. At some point, I thought, oh, I'll be getting up, too, at 6.30, and I'll be making him breakfast. Well, that ended very quickly because... So early. Right. I just was like, oh, really? Like, I'm pretty sure you can get your own breakfast. He's making his own lunch. I was very concerned about lunch. 
because it turns out that maybe he packs like three granola bars and a piece of salami. But you know what? That's good That's with fine. him. And if he was more hungry, he would pack himself <laughs> something else, right? Like or maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. But that, you know, so the the episode where I was talking about transitioning to kindergarten, we were talking about all these self-help skills mm-hmm. that that young children needed to be successful in school. And I was thinking about it when I was kind of brainstorming questions for you today. Like what things there, there's not really going to be anything that my 11-year-old needs to work on, mm-hmm. but that might be something if you have somebody transitioning like, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're you know, you're going to set your own alarm clock and, and getting used to that, I think it'd be well, really great. Well, they have great. to get up. Well, I guess your school elementary has started early, early already, but I mean, we've gone from like a nine o'clock school start time to like a seven thirty school start time. Which is crazy. So that was a pretty big transition. Um, which in riding, like he was riding his bike to school every day, like and really like a, arranging it with his friends via text like who are we gonna ride today and you know it's just like small things that you don't realize you've always done for them but they can now do themselves and it's probably and i think and it's probably I, easier for them to do it themselves than it is for us to let them do and it and they've probably been able to do it themselves right. for a really long time like what things could my kids be doing now that i didn't even give them a chance to do I pray everything. This is like the dumbest question, but I actually mm-hmm. thought of it. It's and it's not on the list I mm-hmm. I sent you. Um, I was thinking about lunch boxes. Mm-hmm. What do you pack? Because you, I know you had this sort of like yeah. little bento box yeah. kind of thing. Is that what your son's packing, or is there some no. sort of like new cooler middle school? Do middle schoolers carry something else <laughs> to school? You know, I think a lot of middle schoolers just get lunch at school. Yeah. My kid doesn't because he's so annoying and doesn't like to eat anything. Um, except for granola bars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I literally got him like a, like a lunch bag. But he's a boy. Like, whatever you give your boy, they just use it. They just use it. <laughs> like, they don't really care, you know? But it was, it was nice because it's like an ice pack. The whole bag is like an ice pack. So you put the bag in the freezer at night, which half the time he probably wouldn't even do. Right. And then just stuff whatever you want in it. And I did that because they have to keep it in their locker. Ah. So that's another thing. The locker. Well, it needs, yeah. And my my want to like know what's going on inside of his locker. Or even that like there's <clears throat> nothing growing in it. Like some sort of old moldy thing. Well, like I got him like <laughs> at the beginning, I got him like a shelf and like like a like a whiteboard that you could like write notes on, like thinking of all these like great organizations. Things that you and I would do. Right. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure nothing ever got written yeah. on the note board. Or if it did, it was something totally inappropriate or the shelf. Like I went, we, I was, we, we were in the school for like some sort of whatever we were there for. It was some sort of outside of classroom event. And so we're in the hallways, Max, I want to see, I want to see you in your locker. Show me your locker. locker. Um, the shelf that I got him was just like turned upside down. So it wasn't even like being used as yeah. anything, all the pencils, like all the things that on the friggin' list of all the things they need. Most of that stuff came home at the end of the year. So I guess we'll just, unopened. 
Right. Unopened, not used. Like who who knows what he used to complete his schoolwork. (laughs) Right. Half the time I didn't even know if he was completing schoolwork. Oh my gosh. Because he literally, I really thought that they would come from middle school, come home every night with so much homework. That was one thing that I had heard gonna be so much homework yeah like he really had any homework ever well my son will be happy to hear that <laughs> well he also got a lot of it done at school right because there's opportunities to do that so if you're not a kid that can manage your time in that way then you might then have, you a, lot might have a lot of homework and that's part well, of that's another independence thing to, right to sort of Figuring set them out. up for like look you can be a kid that comes home and doesn't have any time to hang out with your friends or be on your device or whatever because you're doing homework. But if you use your time where to teach them, time management is probably huge. Right. Well, time management is going to be the biggest challenge for my, my oldest and probably staying organized and keeping on track of assignments mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. also going to be a huge. Well, they pretty much have it laid out for them. So as long as they're using the tools that the teachers are giving them, I mean, the teachers, I have felt that they have set them up to succeed. All right. That sounds good. Right. <clears throat> so uh, if they're not succeeding, then, I mean, you have to take a hard look at why, you know? Well, or, I mean, my son is probably <clears throat> terrible at actually using the tools provided. And that's one of the things we're well, working on this summer. They don't really know how to self-advocate, I don't think. They don't know how to... How to not know the answer to something and then go to their teacher to find out because they think kids of that age think that like they're failing in some way if If they they don't don't know know. the answer or it's embarrassing for them to go talk to the teacher. When, you know, I saw this arise a couple of times where I had to say, like, you know what, your teacher is there to help you like they want to help you they want to help you figure it out or figure out whatever it is that you don't understand no they're in the and and I'm always met with no I can't do that I can't ask Mr. So-and-so that question because he's just gonna get mad at me well no no like really you're probably embarrassed that you don't know something you're not supposed to know everything. And really your teachers want to help you. Like they are on your side. And that would be something that would be different too. Is mm-hmm. that, that now that there is more of that on your child mm-hmm. that you need to go solve your own problem. Right. And I think once they do it the first time, it becomes easy, easier. But before they've really done it, Like I didn't even I didn't realize like, oh, you're not really doing your best because you haven't asked your teacher how you can do something better or what it is that you're doing wrong. Like, I can't tell you. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what you're doing in class and whatever they're teaching you and how they're teaching it. Trust me. Well, how they're teaching it. I don't even know what is happening. (laughs) I had to ask a neighbor for my third graders 
math. <laughs> I had to literally go ask him because my husband was gone. Like, I don't understand what's happening. So, right, at the sixth grade level, I literally have no idea. Especially when, and, and things are different. There's ways that kids are being taught today, mm-hmm. specific things that we weren't taught. Well, I guess you kind, you kind of said this, maybe this was something that you were unprepared for, but I was mm-hmm. going to say, what was there anything that first year that you kind of felt like, wow, I was really unprepared for that? Well, this is a really silly thing, but something you should know. So if your kid is not doing art and they are not doing choir, then that means they're in band. Yes. Or orchestra. And you have to bring your instrument with you to and from school. So you really would like to choose wisely (laughs) as to what instrument you're going to be playing because... Max was lucky enough to have the flute. Mm -hmm. So that was very small. But if you have like a tuba or like a, I don't know, a saxophone or something like, and and then all the other stuff that you have to bring. Like all books and whatever. Like the backpack. So you know my son and you know that he is not like a huge kid. Yeah. And so he had his (laughs) backpack. I mean, it was like 25 pounds, which is more than a th- yeah. third of what he weighs, you know? Is that right? Is that yeah. half right? Mike and I had to get for his bike, like a... Like a rack? Like a rack to go on the back because, like, I couldn't even understand how he could ride his bike with all of the things that he had to carry in his backpack. Um, I would never have thought to say anything about instrument, but you're totally right. And I am going to say that when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. I chose to be in band and I chose a saxophone, mm-hmm. an alto saxophone, which isn't even that Is big. That the smaller one? It's the smallest saxophone, but it's still pretty big. Max is going to play that this year. Oh, he is? Oh. Well, I, and this has <clears throat> got to be one of my most embarrassing memories because I walked to and from school. And so my parents got me a luggage rack oh. and I would... <laughs> Where we like you wheeled it. I wheeled it. Uh I had to strap it because I'd have my backpack and then I'd strap the saxophone to the luggage rack and wheel it home. And I was mortified Mm -hmm. and I was super jealous of kids who were playing the clarinet or the flute. Right. Um, I mean, they're gonna want to play what they want to play, but right. But they should know that that's on them. Like they, they're the ones that have to get it to and from. And I guess if it's too big, you might need. One at home and one at school. Well, they do provide that, but only for like a stand-up base. Yeah. I like that, though. That that is an important thing to consider. My my going into... Either go really small or (laughs) really big, one or the other. Although those are expensive to rent because my fifth grader just did band and he wound up playing the trumpet because Uh he wanted to play the French horn Uh and the French horn was $80 a month to rent and the trumpet was 20. So I told him he could play the trumpet. And then if he really enjoyed band and wanted to continue, we would look at the French horn. Well, he hated band Uh and he has signed up for choir for next year because he doesn't want to have to deal with an instrument. I tried to convince my son to now go to choir. I tried to convince my son to do art, but apparently he'd rather sing right. than art. Is well, like there really... are a lot of girls in choir. Yeah. So maybe that's, that's a smart move. Fun. We'll see. What... Mm-hmm. Which I guess we should talk about girls because I don't even know what <clears throat> age kids start to. Well, I was very surprised about like at the beginning of the year. I was really surprised about the girls situation. Tell me about the girls situation. I just think that girls, you know, I I don't have girls, so I could be totally wrong in saying this, but 
but I was a am a girl <laughs> and I was are. a seventh grade girl or a sixth grade girl. And they're just so much more like mature and aggressive, you know, really? like in that they want to, they just, I, I can't even, I, I can't even explain it. Like there was just more girl talk and girls, you know, who, what girls like, what, you know, boys. I remember that from sixth grade. I remember, I remember going out with somebody in sixth grade right. and I remember being interested in boys like fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, having these sort mm-hmm. of like my first experience with boyfriends. But I can tell you that my about to be sixth grader is totally clueless, right. has almost I know that he has had thought girls were cute, but I think has very little like right. even idea that this is coming. Well, they for just him. don't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, like, OK, so all these girls like me. What does that mean? And then they they're all like, oh, well, I don't like you today, but I like your friend now. You know, and yeah. the boys are like, hmm. Although some are really into it. Too, right. So I just know that I think that if that becomes a thing, that's something that my son is totally unprepared for. But it really I think it was more like the newness of it um, that was exciting because you're going into middle school and you're going into like five different schools are being fed into your sixth grade class. And you've been knowing the same girls and boys. Yeah. For you know, since kindergarten. Yeah. So it's pretty fun when there's like a new group of girls. People to be interested right. in mm-hmm. or think are cute. So that was pretty exciting. But but I did find that by the end of the year, it was not even really a thing anymore. Like it wore off pretty quickly. All right. Mm-hmm. What about so kind of with that from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, is there any ways that you notice your middle schoolers sort of change or evolve? Um, I'm really lucky in that my kid is really confident going into middle school. He's really capable. Um, it's been really nice to see him take responsibility for himself to manage his time to like there there was a time at the beginning of the year where so in 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 elementary school you don't have like an expectation for your child I mean they're getting excellence and most of the time the M grade, the E grade, yeah. the <clears throat> satisfactory, unsatisfactory. And so then going into middle school, like they're getting like real grades, you know? Well, and maybe you do at your school. They, we, my kids have, but I get what you're saying that that may be something new. But it's not like elementary school is typically for most kids pretty, you know, status quo. Yep. And so going into middle school, like their grades and they sort of matter. I guess they don't matter on your lifetime transcript, but you know, we're working towards that. Yeah. And so it was hard to say like, okay, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. However, we'd like to see you 
sort of at this level. You know, if your grading scale, because their grading scale happens to be a one through eight, eight being the best. So if you're getting fives, well, you're doing okay, but let's get sixes. Let's do that. And for my son, that was really hard for him to, like he was saying, well, you know, I'm in all of these advanced classes. And if I'm doing really fine in those advanced classes, <clears throat> then I'm already doing better than most of the kids in sixth grade. So I don't understand, like what I'm doing is really hard. I don't understand why, why I think should... I need to be doing better. Yeah. Well, because we need to have you have something to strive for. And if you just want to be doing okay, well, great. But I know you and I know that you're a little more driven than that. But just just doing the bare minimum is not there's a lot more competition like you have to. You know, when you go into the real world, are you going to give the job to the person that has like an outstanding like track record of really working hard and going the extra mile? Or are you giving it to the person that's like, eh, I can do it, but I, I did just, just what I had to I just do what I got to do and I get by. So. And so by the end of the year, he had all sixes and sevens. And I was really proud that he took the initiative to make that happen and understood by the end that, okay, if I, you know, do a little bit more, then I can make it happen, you know? Like they, they're like their own freaking people now. Yeah. <laughs> they have their own like mind and motivations and. And like a life that I don't even know about. Yeah. Um, that they really aren't quick to share with you. I know. Mm -hmm. And those, I think those things are, even this conversation, like all of these things are harder on us as parents mm -hmm. to sort of navigate the, them growing up than mm -hmm. it is on them. Is there anything you kind of just talked about it a little bit about maybe, and maybe that came up during the year, but is there anything now having finished sixth grade, if you could go back and say, well, I really wish I would have chatted with him about this or that before sixth grade started. I don't know if there's anything I wish I would have chatted with him about. I, I maybe, just to let them know that it, because I think as a fifth grader in, in our school that we were in, it, it didn't really prepare them for sixth grade, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the sense that it didn't, it didn't prepare them to manage their time. It didn't prepare them like how to relate to like all these other people and to, self-advocate and to, you know, but it's just, I don't know what I would have chatted with him about in particular, but looking back on sixth grade, I, I almost feel like that's what sixth grade is for is in middle school. Yeah. Because they sort of keep them a little bit separate and they're there to help them navigate through what will be like their teen years, yeah. you know? Well, that's good to know. And as a we parent, have to let the teachers do that. That that is what sixth grade is for. Right. Is it really is that bridge? And the teachers know. Yeah. Like you're coming to them with like your whoa is what? <laughs> and they're like, uh-huh. 
<laughs> yeah, we got it. It's good. You, you, got, know, you like, just got to trust that we know what we're doing. <clears throat> right. Like this is not our first rodeo. All right. Like they know. Is there anything else? Any final words to somebody who's got somebody moving, a son moving into middle school, words of wisdom or advice having just done it? Um, well, this is one thing that came up during the year that I found really interesting was that living in this day and age that we are in with phones, technology, that kids nowadays, they have access to everything so fast. They have, they don't ever have to contemplate anything. They don't have to sit with the thought and think about it and think, think about how I'm going to articulate it because they've never had to do that. Mm -hmm. And so going into middle school where they are, especially like in language arts and they're having to write, uh, summaries or write, uh, what is it that they write? I can't think of what it's called right now, but like they have to sit and like critically think and, and critique something maybe something that they're reading or analyze or analyze something. And it's really hard for them to do. Um, And so when the teacher is asking them, I need more, I need more, but I've answered all the questions that you've asked me to answer. Mm -hmm. Like I, you asked me this and I said, here's the answer. Well, no, well, I don't know what you mean by more. Like they really, like we have to, we have to get them off of their, devices and be able to think think or expand on something right and i've i've seen that in my son in fifth grade where he would there would be seven lines to answer Mm -hmm. a question on a test and my Mm -hmm. son would use the first line right and then be curious as to why he got a low score on that. And my mm-hmm. husband and I were trying to say, like, if they give you seven lines, they expect you to use seven lines. You're right. going to need to go deeper. But they don't really know what that means. Right. Yeah. And so we have to be helpful and help them navigate through that. Well, since you're talking a little bit about devices, mm-hmm. what about phones and middle school and maybe social media. I was reading something. I think I posted it to the Facebook page for boys built better about middle schoolers and social media. Mm -hmm. And I sort of feel like social media, while I connect with a lot of people Mm -hmm. that I hadn't seen in a long time, I don't know that it's great for me, like just personally, because I, it always, it brings up these like, Ooh, well, look at that person who's so happy. Or am I that happy? I think there's like a lot of judgment. Mm -hmm. And so I am really, really hesitant to Mm -hmm. give my older son. He does have a phone. He can text people Mm -hmm. and like that. And I can see that that is certainly a part of his socialization Mm -hmm. right now, but I'm super worried and hesitant to do anything really social media related. And I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Well, Max really wants to have Instagram Mm -hmm. and all of his friends have Instagram. And I try to explain to him that I just, I just don't feel like you need it. Like it's just another thing that you have to manage that you don't need to. Like you've already got enough stuff going on. You already have school, homework, sports, after school activities. Like 
you don't need to be looking at someone's post about how sad and depressed they are. And then you feel bad about it and feel like you have to do something for them or like you just just don't have it and you just don't need it. Well, mom, all my friends have it. Yeah. And you have it and you're always looking at Instagram. Well, right. I'm looking at people's recipes. I'm looking at how somebody lost 30 pounds and what I can do to <laughs> How do they that organize too. their garage. Right. <laughs> and I'm looking at my people or my friend's kids and they're all people who I have had 30 years of having face-to-face conversations with, right. you know? And so w- when, when you get to that point, when you've had face-to-face conversations, when you know how to do friends, that, yeah. right, then, then, I mean, I don't know. So you guys are staying away from it. Am I going to fold on that soon? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm asking because I am really curious because my son has said like, I want a Facebook account. And I've just kind of said, no, I'm not interested in him doing any of that. Anything else before we go? Um, well, as a parent, I think we just have to be really tough and we can't take things personally. They're like going through so many different emotions and like stress that you haven't seen before and they get mad and they get moody and they say things that are not kind and they don't appreciate you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I have found that I have to be really like tough, you know, like sometimes inside, I feel like my feelings are really hurt. Um, but I can't really show that. Well, I think you can say, wow, that was, you can let them know that that did hurt your feelings, but I can't like, I can't put them up to a higher standard than I put myself up to. Like they're, they're having a bad day. They have bad moments. They have bad, they say things that they don't mean and we can't take it personally. We just have to learn from it and move on. And I do think there's some more emotions kind of happening, at least for my son, who's kind of, who's now approaching that age. Mm -hmm. I do feel like there's more emotions around the whole thing. And sometimes they don't even, sometimes they don't even know, like they don't know why they're so frustrated. Like they could just be so mad and they really don't know why. We, we have started that. So I, I like that. It's called a testosterone tough. surge. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks for having me. Let's do, let's revisit this when we have our second ones in middle school. It'll be a whole new, different thing. It will be because their personalities are totally different. So we should. We will have the same conversation in we'll a couple of years. We'll revisit and probably care a lot less. Right. Because we'll be a few years past it and it won't right. matter so much. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. You can find the show notes on www.boysbuiltbetter.com. I've got some new content coming to you through Patreon. I'll link to that in the show notes. That's where you're going to find new content throughout the summer. And thanks again for listening. 